Good to see you guys. And, man, there are so many awesome things happening. And, and our team are figuring out a few things along the journey. But can we give it up for our production team and our creative team? And, man, they do such a good job. So as we're getting started, I remember, and we're going to be in Exodus 15, by the way, if you guys want to go ahead and start turning there. Exodus chapter 15 is where we're going to be. How many guys have been enjoying, or maybe not enjoying, but enjoying the outcome of the Facts or Feelings series, right? So I know a lot of you are like, I don't know if I would use the word enjoying, but it's been beneficial, okay? So, um, and so today we're going to jump right back into that. But I remember playing Little League football. And I was, I was pretty good in Little League football, all right? So um, mainly because, like, I was bigger than most people. But I, I remember playing Little League football. And one of my favorite things about playing was uh, not running laps around a football field. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, that was I, – I, all I really wanted to do at 10 years old was hit somebody. Y'all know? Like, hold on, I can put on pads and hit someone. Like, I'm allowed to do that? It's like, yeah, let's do, I want to do that. Right. And I mean, like, I don't mean like some of y'all get how many of y'all have ever wanted to hit somebody before? Just raise your hand. This is an honest place. All right. So just be honest. The rest of y'all are lying. OK, you're all lying because everyone wants to. Right. I'm talking like someone stole your parking spot in front of Target. Want to hit somebody, ladies. OK, see, now we're getting feedback. Now we're getting feedback. I'm talking about you driving past Krispy Kreme and the hot now uh, light is not on. OK, now we're getting. All right. You're starting to lean in. That's what I'm talking about. No, how many guys, I, I remember uh, I always wanted to put on pads. I couldn't wait to just, like, get on the football field. What I didn't care much for was practice. Because at practice, you got to run the drills, and you just got to run a lot. And I just really wasn't, that's not where I wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to play in the game. So I remember uh, we would be running laps around the field, and about the time our coaches looked away, how many of y'all know we were cutting corners? Right? I was like, screw out of the thousands of yards we had to run, I cut off like 15 each run. You know what I mean? Like it was going to add up as far as I was concerned. Now, I remember trimming off as much as we could. And even, by the way, my dad was one of the coaches. So when he wasn't looking, I was like, you know what I mean? Like I was trying to trim it off. I was cutting the corners, man. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about how that can apply to our life. Because I want to talk to you today about unforgiveness. You see, in, in our life, oftentimes... We can allow unforgiveness and bitterness to rule our mind and our hearts, can't we? And today I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Apparently it's just going to be me and this guy over here because everyone else is lying and pretending they're not existing. But before we get crazy, another shout out. All of you at watch parties, all of you online, people in the room, let's give it up for everybody that's watching. We love you guys. You're awesome. Exodus 15, 22 through 25, let's go there. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea. All right, so if you know the story, right, G, uh, that God parted the Red Sea so the Israelites can cross on dry land, all right, so uh, to catch everybody up. And they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. They were thirsty, all right. When I was at practice for three hours, I wanted some water. Okay, there are three days, no water in the desert. When they came to the oasis of Marah. The water was too bitter to drink. Say bitter. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. Now I want you to grab a hold of this for a second because the Israelites just saw the craziest miracle ever three days before this. 
right? They're up against the Red Sea, so there's a sea in front of them. There's an army behind them. And if the army catches them before the sea goes away or whatever God's going to do for them, then they're getting put back in captivity or dying, one of the two. All right, God opens the Red Sea. They cross on dry land, complete miracle. Three days later, they're going, I don't know how we're going to make it. And isn't that just like us sometimes? Because here's what I know. Your bitterness will blind you from God's goodness. Your bitterness will blind you from God's goodness. How many of y'all got kids? Any parents in here got kids? How many of y'all know kids suffer from bad memory loss? For example, maybe you've heard this before if you have a teenager or an older child, right? You never do anything for me. Like, that's funny because that light switch you hit five minutes ago sure came on when you walked around that corner. That, that sweet tea you're drinking right now sure got paid for a week ago when I went to the grocery store. I didn't do nothing for you, Right? Going back to that, I want to hit somebody thing. You know what I'm talking Anyways, that's not the point. Don't call it DCS. All right. So, but the, the, our children, how, how many of you have ever been in a grocery store? Maybe you don't have kids, but you've been in the grocery store and you've experienced the toddler tantrum when they didn't get the cereal they wanted. Three-year-old laid out on the ground, just like, I'm not moving. I think the best parents are the ones that's like, then it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Then. Come find me when you get up. I'm just kidding. Don't call it DCS. All right. So, but... We've all experienced it, right? And all of us, when we see kids do it, we're like, oh, no. But we don't realize what we do when God doesn't give us our way. Oh, okay. I said, we don't realize the tantrums we throw when God doesn't come through for us the way we want him to come through for us. You see, your bitterness will blind you from all the things God has done to get you to this place. And so we have to become acutely and intentionally aware of what it looks like to not live a life of bitterness so that we can experience a life in a pursuit and a joyful, peaceful pursuit after who God is. So I don't know about you, but I've been known to exaggerate my circumstances before, right? No, only three of us. That's what I thought. I didn't figure we were going to get a lot of feedback on this one. Y'all like, nope, I ain't saying nothing. All right. You're like, I saw the last three weeks. I'm not getting involved. All right, so, (laughs) but how we exaggerate our circumstances. Things are so bad, how could they get any worse? And your spouse is like, please don't say that. (laughs) Right? Especially in 2020. Can we get an amen? Like, just can we not do that right now? What, what, What chapter of Revelation are we living in today? Right? So, but we exaggerate our circumstances. We try to gain sympathy from others, right? How many of you know when you're going through something bad, your Instagram looks like, like the most depressing journal of all time? Like every Instagram story is like, life is just so hard, but I'm pushing through though. I'm going to be strong. It's like, no, you're not. You're looking for sympathy from us. Right? And then last but not least, we overlook our current provision. We overlook what we have because we haven't gotten what we want. Now, I know none of you are guilty of this, and it's just me, but I wanted to vent my own personal space for a second that we can fall into that trap. So the Israelites are traveling. They cross the Red Sea. They're in the desert, and they come across Mara. Now, like we read in the Bible, Mara means bitter, right? And I want you to understand something, because we're not so much talking. What we're talking about here is the Israelites are experiencing this place called Mara, which is bitter. And in the Old Testament, they experience it physically. But in the New Testament, we experience Mara in a spiritual sense, in an emotional sense. 
that we come through miracle after miracle of how God got us here, but all of a sudden we become emotionally bitter over what people have done to us, how God has let us down. And I'm here to tell you today that we want to look at how we can not just be bitter, we can become better. So turn to your neighbor and say, bitter or better. Now turn to the person on the other side of you, you just neglected, right, and say, bitter or better. So Mara is a place of testing. Mara is a place that you should not dwell at for long. And hear me, God didn't call you to go to bitterness, but he may have called you to go through bitterness. You see, everything in your life, God has a hand in leading you through. And sometimes we allow ourselves to go to a place when God intended us to go through a place. And so the Israelites come tomorrow. And if you go tomorrow and you live in Mara, we never get to experience what comes after Mara. In other words, if you live in bitterness, you never get to experience refreshing. And here's what I want you to understand out of the gate, right? Is that when the Israelites came tomorrow and they're experiencing bitterness, some of us will inevitably allow the bitterness that we experience to be refreshing enough not to move on to a better place. I'll put it like this. Don't let unforgiveness cause you to live in a life of tolerable bitterness. See, some of us, we've learned to live with our hurt so there's no need to see it change. We've learned to live with our damage so there's no need to start dealing with it. And I'm here to tell you today that God actually wants to stir our hearts enough that we would start looking to forgive those who may have hurt us. How many of y'all got somebody that's hurt you before? The rest of you are lying, okay? How many, I, I'm talking about like when you go to Target and you put, you see, some of us find ourselves in this place right here. Like we have been hurt, but we're like, no, 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 I let that go. I forgave them. Until you're in Target pushing your cart or buggy down the aisle, right? And you see that person, you're like, not today, Satan. No, we're just going to pick a new aisle. I don't need paper towels that bad, do I? Right? Like, so that's where some of us find ourselves. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to call you to a life bigger and better than just tolerable bitterness. He wants to lead us to a life of forgiveness. Say forgiveness. So for many of us, we come to Jesus and he's made our hurt tolerable and we can even manage the pain. But just because your bitterness is tolerable doesn't mean you need to keep drinking it. So let's go back to Exodus 15, verse 25. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. So Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. You see, here's what you need to understand. Your feelings will always drive you back to the offense, to the hurt, to the damage, to the pain. And for many of us, we have built our house on bitter water. Because we don't know what it looks like to move past it. Because I know what this feels like and I can't trust the future, I'm going to stay here. But if you stay here, you don't get to where God is taking you. And so we keep going in verse 27. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees and they camped there near the water. And here's what I want you to understand. If you build a house in Mara, you never get to Elam. 
If you build your house on bitterness, in other words, if you don't live a life where forgiveness can start to take over the aspects of your life that you have been bitter, that you've been unforgiving, if you start to harness and you start to hold on to that hurt, that damage, that pain that was real for you, you experienced it, you're building your life next to bitter water, not realizing that there is an oasis of peace that God has for you on the other side. And the Israelites didn't know that Elam was on the other side. They didn't know that it's just over the sand. They didn't know that it was waiting for them. And if they would have stayed with bitter water, they would have never experienced the oasis of peace. And for many of us, we'll never experience the oasis of refreshing because we're not willing to let go of the bitter water of our past. But God says, what if we could forgive? Now, I know some of you are going, Brad, I ain't forgiven. Not nobody. But hear me then you keep drinking bitter water. But God has something bigger. He has something better. Can I get an amen? Like God has a life that's above and beyond this. God has something where we can live a life full of peace and of joy, of refreshing, where we can find the presence of God as an oasis, where we can go to him and he can meet us in a special way to carry us day to day. We don't have to live where we came from. We get to live where God's taking us. And so we want to go there. So, At some point, you're going to have to move beyond the current bitterness, believing that God has something better for you. And here's what I want you to understand. Forgiveness moves you from bitter to better. Forgiveness moves you from bitter to better. Go ahead and write that down. Put it on your kid's forehead. Whatever you need to do. Forgiveness moves you from bitter to better. Right? See, if you never move from Mara to Elam, You'll never make it to the promised land. Here's what something I want you to grab a hold of. For far too many of us, we're so fixated, we're so concentrated, we're so stuck on just trying to get over one aspect of our life, we don't realize that God has abundance in every aspect of our life. Like, for some of us, and you don't have to raise your hand on this one, but you've allowed one moment in time, one hurt in your life, one moment of damage, one significant pain to completely determine the outcome of the rest of your life. And God is saying, if you're not even willing to look past Mara and Elam, you'll never notice that there's a whole promised land waiting for you. And so what do we do? We forgive so that we can take ourselves past where we are. You see, far too many of us, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, far too many of us think that forgiveness is so that we can let the other person live. No, no, no. Forgiveness is so that you can live. And so we keep on going. Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, say how much more, how much more will your, heaven, or will your Father in heaven give good gift to those who ask him? And so what happens is we come to this place where God wants to release. He wants to bring healing. He wants to help us forgive. He wants to take us from bitter water into refreshing water. He wants to give us the oasis. But we don't realize that forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. I'm going to say it one more time. Forgiveness is not forgetting. So many times we've heard it, man, just forgive and forget. Have you ever tried that? Like, have you ever tried just forgetting the hurt that was done to you? How many of y'all still remember that third grader that hit you in the sandbox? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, no, no, no. If I see him tomorrow, you, know, you are 42 years old. Calm down, right? So, but here's what I know. 
Uh, when I played football, I also played hockey. I was a big hockey fan. We came from the north, right? So there's only like 17 people in Florida that even knows what hockey is, right? So, but uh, I, I remember playing roller hockey, and I was about that 11-year-old time frame. And for those of you that know, how many, how many of you went skating? Any, any skating ring people? Skate? Come on. Now we're talking. Okay, so uh, rollerblades. Rollerblade people, y'all remember that? All right. I remember the moment where I went from the heel stop rollerblades to the side stop. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That skill where it was like, and then you can stop. But I remember, y'all remember the heel stop rollerblades too, right? I was in that transition from heel stop to side stop. And I forgot the heel stop wasn't there because I took it off. See, some of y'all know where I'm going with this, right? So I went to stop and there wasn't none there. So it was like a cartoon. Legs in the air, just all out, like legs in the air, elbow on concrete. And if I didn't have this jacket on, you would still be able to see this scar on my arm that I have from 11 years old. You want to know why? Though I don't feel the pain anymore, I still carry the memory with me. And some of us are allowing the memory to resurge our pain. You see, the scars that you carry are either a testimony of God's goodness to carry you through it, Are there the reason why you don't get through it? You see, when I look at my scar, I go, man, I remember how bad that hurt. But for some of us, we're looking at our emotional scars and still allowing ourselves to keep hurting. Because every time we look at it, we don't choose to put ointment on. We don't choose to forgive. We choose to keep reliving the pain we experienced a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to bring forgiveness into your heart so that once and for all, you can put an ointment on that bad boy, you can bandage it up, and you can let it start to heal because you're not going to keep reliving the bitterness that keeps bringing out the scars in your lives. How many guys are ready to start living like that? Some of you are like, I think I'm ready. I don't quite know if I'm ready. I'm going to tell you there's an oasis of peace on the other side if we'll start looking for the healing that God wants to bring on the inside. And so we go there. But here's what I want you to understand. Because forgiveness is not forgetting, it's the beginning of healing. Say healing. Turn to your neighbor and say healing. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's the beginning of healing. Forgiveness requires us to deal with the word fine. How many of you have ever been asked how you're doing and your response to them was, I'm fine. Some of you did it today. Like, I'm I'm, I'm good, but you're not good, are you? For some of you, you said you're fine, but you're not fine, are you? Some of you say, like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but you're not okay, are you? Some of you are watching online. Someone's, someone has asked you how you're doing lately, and you said, I'm fine. But I'm here to tell you that healing requires us to deal with fine. We have to stop pretending that we're too good to be hurt. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all let it sink on the second time. we got to stop pretending that we're too good to be hurt. we got to start acknowledging that we have some stuff that we need to address on the inside. You see, healing in ourselves can lead to the forgiveness of others. But we have to give ourselves permission to forgive without getting even. How many of y'all are like get even folks? You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Without Jesus, that's where I live. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Listen, i got an anger problem. Your boy's working. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, so, but here's what healing does for us. You see, all of us have scars and garments. 
You see, all of us have something that we deal with. We're damaged. We got pain, disappointment, lies. All of us, somebody has jacked you up at one point. Can I get an amen? It's like somebody did some significant damage to who you are. And here's the deal. Underneath everything is some hurt and some pain. And here's what we have to deal with with healing because this is what we're all prey to. You see, you went through what you went through, but it doesn't have to define you. I said you went through what you went through, but it doesn't have to define you. But here's what some of us do each morning. When we get up, and I'm going to give this to one of my pipeline students over here. Pull the, sle- pull the sleeves back out of that for me. You're a graduate, man. What you doing? You should have loved one of them. Anyway, so, <laughs> alumni. Anyway, so, but here's what some of us do. We take the hurt we experienced. We take the damage that we experienced. And when we wake up in the morning, we grab it off the shelf and we put it right back on. We put it on. But here's the thing that I've realized about damage and hurt. Is that damage and hurt people look a whole lot like everybody else. Because when I put my outer layer back on, I still look the same. I walk through the doors of the church, and as long as I got my outer layer on, I'm good. When someone asks me how I'm doing, I'm fine. Because you can't see what's underneath this jacket. And every morning, for many of us, we've woke up, and we've woke up, and we've woke up, and we keep putting the hurt back on. We quit, we, we're not going to God saying, God, I need you to help me with this. I need you to take this away. We keep saying, no, 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 I'm right to be hurt. I'm right to be angry. And listen, I'm not denying. Some of you went through hurt. Some of you went through struggle. Somebody jacked you up. Someone hurt you in your past. Maybe it was an ex. Maybe it was a father. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was an aunt or an uncle. Maybe it was someone you trusted. Maybe it was someone that did more damage than anyone could fathom. And I'm here to tell you today that the choice to keep putting it on is yours. Because at some point, we got to take a step back from our hurt and start declaring that I'm not going to keep living with the garments on. I'm going to start taking off my hurt, and I'm going to start surrendering it. Hear me today. Forgiveness is the beginning of your healing. Some of you want to get rid of the hurt. You'll get rid of the hurt when you're ready to heal. And you'll be ready to heal when you're ready to forgive. Because hear me today, and I want you to lean in on this one. You don't have to live like this anymore. Despite what the enemy may try to make you think, you don't have to live like this anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Some of you are starting to let it sink in. I said, you don't have to live like this with the garments on pretending everything's fine anymore. Because the the Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I'm not just talking about an eternal type of free. I'm talking about free to live a life letting go of bitterness and unforgiveness. Free to live a life in a pursuit after all God has for you. Free to live a life of abundance in him. Free to live a life of joy and of peace. Free to live a life of refreshing. So we come to him and I'm here to tell you that the scars that we carry with us, 
Your ex may have jacked you up. I'm here to tell you that your ex-fiance, your ex-husband, your ex-wife may put scars on you. Listen, your, your ex-boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend may have put scars on you. Your father may have put scars on you. The person you trusted may have put scars on you. You may have reason to not trust them. You may have all the things. You may have the evidence of people that really messed you up. They really hurt you. And you may be saying, Brad, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did to me. And you're right. I don't know what they did to you. But here's what I do know. Until you let them go, you'll keep making the people in your current life pay for the people of your past life. Your marriage will never be healthy until you forgive the person that you were in a relationship before. I'm here to tell you that if you don't forgive the ones that hurt you, you'll keep making the ones that didn't hurt you pay for it. You'll keep making the ones that didn't hurt you pay for it. But there's a relationship that's ready for you. This is why I think small groups are so important. Because at your very first week in your small group, you're going to show up. And you're going to tell your whole life story out of the gate. I'm kidding. That's not what's going to happen, okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, I just unsigned up just now. So just so you know. That's not how this works. It may not be the first week. It may not be the second week. It may not be the fifth week. But at some point, you're going to meet someone in that group that you trust. And you're going to say, you know what, I think I can tell this person what I'm going through. And for the first time, you're going to take the layer off. And you're going to say, look, this is the real me. And I'm not proud of it. But I can't change it either. And your small group leader is going to go, oh my gosh, you're a terrible person. I'm kidding. That's not what they're going to say. Despite how that may have been, how church went for you in the past, that's not how it goes here. And they're going to look at you and they're going to go, you know what? God can heal that. And I'm going to help you through it. And, and there may be moments where it's not comfortable, but I want you to know you always got someone that's ready to walk with you through this. And as you start to show them the scars, they start to help you through. That's why small groups are so important. That's why those relationships are so important. Hear me. I'm the pastor of this church, and I need them in my life. You can bet your life we all need them in ours. People that say, hey, we can get through that together. Hey, God's bigger than that. Hey, he can heal that. He did that in me. He can do it in you. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for a group today. they got groups online, and Lydia already talked about them. You can go to the Connect Center and find out more. But we have to realize that there is a freedom available to us. So where do we find the power to forgive? Some of you out there are like, all right, Brad, I get it. I need to forgive. But how, how does that even go for me? Well, let's go to Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Because the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? And his response was this. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And I'm going to stop there for a second. How many of you have ever heard this prayer before, right? Some of your grandparents had it over the oven, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, so... And so he's teaching them how to pray, but this is where it gets real. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I want you to underline the words as we, or highlight it, or whatever you need to do. Circle it, the whole nine, whatever you need to do, as we. Because the words as we represent this idea that to the degree that we. In other words... And forgive us our debts to the degree we forgive those who have offended us. How many are ready to pray that prayer? Forgive me, Lord, as I forgive those that have forgiven me. Forgive me to the degree that I forgive those who have offended me. 
I don't know about you, but I have a hard time praying that some days. Because there are some days I want to keep putting the scars back on. I want to keep living in this place. But I'm here to tell you today that he says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We can choose forgiveness towards others because somebody else chose to give us forgiveness. And hear me today, it was unearned. You didn't earn this forgiveness. You didn't earn this grace. But God gave it to you freely. How do we forgive those who have hurt us? Because Jesus forgave us when we hurt him. And today, I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to mess up again. Just being honest. That hot now light's probably not going to be on in the morning. But I am going to have to choose tomorrow not to put this back on. Here's the deal. At certain moments in all of our lives, we have to choose to forgive even when we don't feel like it. Why? Because we're looking to the one who forgave us to forgive us even when he could not have felt like it. We look to Jesus and there were moments that I feel in my mind like he should have been like, nah, I don't think so. I mean, we see him praying in the garden. It's not exactly what he said, but he was like, if this cup can pass from me, let it be not my will, but your will be done. Is what Jesus prayed in the garden. In other words, he was saying, if there's a way out of this, I'll take it. But he thought to himself, you and me were worth it. And when he gave his life for us, he gave us forgiveness that we did not earn. And in turn, we need to look to him to give us the strength to give others forgiveness that they have not earned. Tim Keller puts it like this. He says, you can't forgive somebody without absorbing the cost. Either that person pays for it or you do. On the cross, God didn't just forgive us. He paid the cost himself. In other words, the price that was paid for you was costly. And if you're going to forgive the person that hurt you, if you're going to forgive the people that hurt you, that means you're going to have to absorb that cost. You're going to have to let go of that revenge. You're going to have to move past those aspects where you feel like you are owed something and let them free. Because here's the deal. When you release them, you're not releasing them. You're releasing you. Forgiveness doesn't let them go. Forgiveness lets you go. And forgiveness finally gives you the chance to start living the life that God had for you all along. The oasis, the refreshing, not sitting at bitter water, but looking for this paradise that God has for us. As we move towards paradise that God has for us. So I told you when I was working out, when I was younger, playing football, and I would cut the corners, right? So when I was running the laps, I was like, ha, gotcha. They're like, man, how'd you skip so many people? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's none of your business, all right? If you were faster, you would have caught up to me. But here's what I realized as I got older, and I still work out some. I don't know why that was funny. I feel insulted. I'm just kidding. But as I work out, here's what I realized about cutting corners. They only hurt me. You know, when we're doing burpees and we're all doing 20, and I stop at 16, 15, 14, 13, you want to know who's losing? Not them. It's me. And when we choose not to forgive, we're cutting the corners 
But we're not hurting that person. We're only hurting us. Because we're not getting better when we cut corners. We're just getting bitter of the ones that are. And it's time that we get better. It's time that we let go of bitterness. And it's time that we move towards forgiveness. So how do we do it? I wanted to give you these steps today. I didn't give steps in the other ones in this series, but I wanted to give you the steps. How do I start? Number one, pray. Pray. I know you may be thinking, uh, Brad, thank you so much for that enlightening moment. Uh, But here's the deal. Don't just casually move through your prayer, but genuinely talk to God and say, God, help me let that person go. Because if he moved on Pharaoh's heart, he can move on anyone's heart. And if he helps set the Israelites free, he can set you free. I'm here to tell you today that we need to be praying that God would move on our hearts to help let people go. Number two, you need to acknowledge what forgiveness is not. Hear me today, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not giving them access back into your life again. Forgiveness is not setting yourself up to be damaged or hurt again. Forgiveness is choosing not to live in the place where they hurt you again. Next, release the desire for revenge. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody hurts me, I want them to hurt just as bad. I'm sorry to say that as a pastor, but like that's the flesh side of me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like that's, that's BC, before Christ. Okay, that's, like, that's old me. That's like, I got to put them to death every morning. You know what I'm talking about? So I still deal with that a little bit. Uh, if they hurt me, I want them to hurt just as bad, if not more. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, I remember one more sports analogy, playing basketball. I wouldn't get picked, and I would make it a point to whoever the captain was on the team that didn't pick me the next game that I got to play. I'm scoring on him every chance I got because you are going to remember the day you didn't pick Brad Livingston on your team. <laughs> I don't know why that's the way my brain works, but hear me. For some of us, we're waiting. I'm not going to forgive them until I get revenge on them. I'm not going to forgive them until they hurt like I hurt. Here's the deal. You'll never know if they hurt like you hurt, but you can walk in the peace that they don't have. They're waking up tomorrow morning. They're not thinking about you. Look at me. They're waking up tomorrow morning. They're not thinking about you. You're thinking about them. So, number four, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Ask the Spirit of God to meet you and help you because you're not going to do this on your own. Matthew, uh, sorry, John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That means the Holy Spirit is here with you for you believers. The Holy Spirit is here to help you with this. That word helper uh, in translations means advocate. It means counselor. And it also means comforter in John 14, 26. But the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring all to your remembrance, all that I have taught to you. In other words, we have a helper Which brings us to number five. And how do I start? Choose to let it go. Choose to let it go. And man, I want you to lean into that word every day. Because today may be a good day, but tomorrow may not. So when your feet hit the floor, God, help me today to not live in the place that I came from. Help me choose to live a life where I'm letting it go. Because even when you don't feel like it, the fact is choosing a life of forgiveness is a better life. It's a peaceful life. It's a refreshing life. And it's a godly life. And that's the life we want to live. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. 
God, as we get ready to leave this place, God, as we get ready to pray, I pray that you would, you would stir our hearts. You would help us to know. Teach us. And Holy Spirit, walk with us. Be our counselor. Be our comforter. Be our helper. Because we need you, God. And we're ready to live a life of freedom. We want to be better. We don't want to be bitter. So we thank you today. In Jesus' name, with your head bowed and your eyes closed today. If you're here today, and I want to pray two prayers before we leave. The first one, that's for some of you that may be dealing with this forgiveness or unforgiveness in your heart. And today, if I'm talking to you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to do any of those things. But I do want to pray for you. And no, no one is looking around, so with everyone's eyes closed. Today, if you need God to help you start today, moving forward, deal with the unforgiveness in your heart, that bitterness that is set in, and you're ready to say, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm ready to let God help me let go. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand right where you're sitting? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Hands are going up. Awesome. Great. We just want to pray for you. Again, no one's going to embarrass you. So, Father, I just pray for everyone that raised their hand and even those that maybe weren't comfortable doing that. Those that are maybe watching us online right now. God, that you would speak to the heart those areas where we're dealing with pain and bitterness, God, the hurt, the damage, the disappointment, Lord, where others have messed up our lives or, or our view on life. God, I pray right now, Father, that you would start to bring healing in the name of Jesus. Father, that you would start to swoop in, God, and where scars exist, Father, Lord, I pray that we would start seeing them as what we've come through, God, not what we're stuck in. And so, God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just speak to the lives of every person. Help us, encourage us, lead us in Jesus' name. God, help us, Holy Spirit, Father, to recognize that we can pray to you, God. We can know what forgiveness is not. We can release the desire for revenge. We can ask the Holy Spirit, you, for help, and we can choose to let it go. So, God, help us do that each day as we grow to become better in you. We thank you today, and we love you. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here, and you say, I do need to work on that, but the first thing I need to have in my life, quite frankly, is, is I need God. I, I, I know about God, but maybe I, your life isn't right with God and you're here today and he's carved out this moment. And he, there's, there's something on the inside that God is drawing you to himself. You, you feel like he's starting to lead you and you're ready to say, you know what, I'm ready to leave, leave the life that's behind me. I know there's some areas of my life, I need God to forgive me of those things and I wanna choose to live a life after him. And today, if that's you and you're ready for God to give you a fresh start and a new beginning, we wanna lead you in this prayer. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart that says, I'm turning away from the old life and I'm going towards God in the new life. And today, if that's you, today, if you're ready to pray that prayer, we want to invite you to repeat after me. And the whole church is going to pray it with you. So you're not praying by yourself. Even those of you online, you can pray this with us. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. I believe you resurrected. Through your life through your death and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new.
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. CC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that. Perhaps for the first time, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome.